Shalom, and welcome to the Union Messianic Jewish Congregation's weekly Torah commentary series. My name is Daniel Vinikirev, chair of the UMJC Young Adults Committee. This week we're discussing Parshat Noah, which begins at Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. In many different cultures, we have very similar things. These cultures might be on the opposite sides of the world, yet their origin stories, their mythologies, their ideas of righteousness, and even certain phrases can be eerily similar. We can talk about many examples, yet one comes to mind that relates to this Parsha. There's a wise saying in Russian, and I have since learned that it exists in many other cultures, including Spanish, that says, tell me who your friends are, and I will tell you who you are. This says that the people around us influence us, and it is nearly impossible to avoid that. In this week's Parsha, however, we see two examples of people fighting and winning the fight against negative influence around them. The first example is Noah. He is called the only one who is righteous in his generation. He defies all odds and stays faithful to Hashem throughout his lifetime before the flood and thereby is called righteous. We can see who talked into his life by looking at the genealogies and doing the calculations of years. Noah was taught the ways of Hashem by his forefathers, well, except Enoch, who was taken by Hashem before his time. He could have even met Enosh, Adam's grandson, as a little boy. We see all of these things in Genesis 5. We also read that the flood happened in Noah's 600th year, in chapter 7, verse 6. Hashem first watched him and saw that he stayed faithful and righteous. It seems that the previous generation started to walk away from Hashem more and more. For whatever reason, Noah didn't have children until he was 500 years old. And he then only had three sons and was able to raise and teach them for nearly 100 years before the flood waters came. Yet we see that the influence of the father was not enough to guard the sons from the influence of the world. This is evident as Ham makes fun of or embarrasses his father a few years later. The scriptures seem to indicate that Canaan, the son of Ham, was also heavily involved in this deed as this is the reason for him to be cursed in chapter 9, verse 25. A different son of Ham, Cush, takes the people at the time and builds a huge empire with Babel as one of its cities, chapter 10, verse 10. Idolatry is involved as the inhabitants seek to make a name for themselves through building a tower with its top in the heavens, chapter 11, verse 4. They should know from first-hand accounts what Hashem has done for them and how He has saved their forefathers. For after all, Noah is the grandfather of Cush. Yet we see that the influence of one godly generation was not enough for all the other generations. Our second example in this portion is Abraham, a descendant from Shem who is blessed by Noah. As it is written in chapter 9 verse 27, may God dwell in the tents of Shem. So how did Abraham get his godly example so that he in turn could also be an example of godly influence? Without understanding genealogies, we will not completely understand this. Hashem would not have told Abraham to go to the land of Canaan if he were not a righteous man. For 
Hashem hates wickedness and delights in righteousness. Psalm 45, 7. Therefore, Abraham was first observed by Hashem, and our sages agree, sages like Rabbeinu Bahaya, Rashi, and Rambam, as Hashem does not pick people at random. Abraham's faith in Hashem is what made him do righteous acts. So how did he develop this faith? In the genealogies of chapter 10, we learn that Cush, a descendant of Shem's brother Ham, reigned over the Mesopotamian area of civilization, as he was the one that built many of the cities, including the Chaldean cities. From this, we can also deduce that he is the one who built the Tower of Babel. At first glance, one could say that all of the people live in this area. However, we see that some people leave this area in what appears to be before the building of the tower, people like Asher, as we read in chapter 10, verse 11. Rashi comments, As soon as Asher saw that his sons listened to Nimrod, rebelling against the Omnipresent by building the tower, he went forth out of their midst. So, who is this Asher? Well, according to Rabbeinu Bahaya, Radak and Rambam, he is one of Shem's sons that we read about in chapter 10, verse 22. Asher did not agree nor want to have the ungodly influence. When we look at Genesis chapter 10, verse 21, we find that Shem is the father of the descendants of Eber. And Rambam says, this means that he was the father of all who dwell beyond the Euphrates River or Eber, which was the place of Abraham's family. This is said from the perspective that the entire civilized world is east of the Euphrates at this time, and to be beyond the river would mean that you are west of the river. This is seen to be the case as they eventually traveled west to Haran, as we read in chapter 11, verse 30. However, the story of Abraham begins with him and his father in Ur, they have been there long enough for his youngest brother to be born there, as we read in chapter 11, verse 28. It seems that Terah took his family to the city of Ur later in his life. This is seen in light of the passage when it talks about how Abraham is not from Ur of the Chaldeans, but Hashem brought him out of it, as we read in Joshua 24, verse 2. In olden times, your ancestors, Terah, father of Abraham, father of Noar, lived beyond the Euphrates and worshipped other gods. Terah worshipped other gods. So how is it that Abraham is adamant about the one true God? Where did he learn this from? Who is the influencer of Abraham? When we look at the ages of everyone involved, we see that Shem is still alive at the time of Abraham, probably away from the influence of Cush. Not only Shem, but Noah himself was alive until Abraham was about 60 years old. Shem lived for another 110 years after the birth of Abraham. Therefore, one can surmise that the godly influence of Noah and Shem influenced Abraham to be righteous. Someone needed to tell and show Abraham about this mighty God and teach his way. In turn, Abraham, the father of a great nation, that influences the world to this very day. So, what does this mean for us? Well, 
What are we doing in this chaotic world around us? Are we influencing people for Hashem and being that light to the world that we are called to be? Or are we letting the world influence us? Who are we hanging out with and are they influencing us or are we influencing them? This past few weeks have not been easy for us and many people wish us harm and to Israel. Are we going to let them influence us in how we act? Or shall we stay strong in Hashem, knowing that He controls all? One way that you can influence others is through standing with Israel. We may not be able to influence everyone towards Hashem, but even if we can influence one person, that person may be the next Abraham. Hashem may even be able to use us in a mighty way, but only if we are righteous and can influence others towards Hashem. This is Daniel Vinikurov, and I am the chair of the UMJC Young Adults Committee. We seek to influence and support our young adults as they walk with Hashem while living a Jewish lifestyle. Follow us on Instagram at UMJC Young Adults to see what we are doing, or feel free to contact me at daniel.vinikurov at gmail.com. Signing off and wishing you a Shabbat Shalom and a peaceful week. For more commentaries like this one, please be sure to visit umjc.org forward slash commentaries.